Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And if all this extreme heat is making you feel a little bit sluggish, in today's episode, we are tackling things head on with a chat about the things to help bring you back in line with energy, vitality and focus, which today's guest calls intermittent living. Sibay Hanna said, trains high flyers, CEOs, pro jet skiers, and some top flight football players in Belgium to reach the top of their game. And he's here today with me, thanks to a recent collaboration with guest number 113, ex-basketball player Peter Loredon. The pair are working together on a platform which looks at all of today's topics in depth. And I'm looking forward to getting into some of the hacks to elevate my own virya or prana, as summer creates a huge spike in energy levels, but it can also be intense with heat and socializing. And eventually, our ability and capacity to stay resilient can be compromised. So don't go away. Seabear is on his way. So today, I'm joined by a lovely gentleman who is visiting us on the island for just a few short days, but I was lucky enough to persuade him to give up a couple of his hours to pop in and see us and talk about intermittent fasting, amongst many other things. Zibat Hanaset guides people on their path to more energy and vitality and has a background as a movement scientist. He's worked as a performance coach at Belgian football club, Club Bruges, but more recently, he's moving towards clinical psychoneuroimmunology and he says the results of integrating these principles for him have had a profound impact on his body mind and soul so let's get this party started siva welcome to the reset rebel Woo! <laughs> happy to be here <laughs> no i'm it's lovely here on the island first of all and secondly if i can share some of my insights and knowledge to maybe step by step also influence the people here it's amazing. So uh, excited. I saw you posted a, a fantastic video this morning of you jumping around, doing all sorts of uh, fancy tricks. What, what have you been, you know, what was your practice before you arrived here? Mm. Uh, I really believe in the fact that you need your body and brain to be fully, uh, yeah, the circulation is high, that you have the full oxygen you need. Um, so that's why I like to activate my body in the morning. And I do it in, in different sort of ways. Uh, it can be with uh, movement, like you saw, a workout, a small workout. It doesn't have to be so long, just 10 minutes of high intensity working, get energy pumping, the blood flow to my brain, or a cold shower, or when I'm in Belgium, because here it's too hot, cold water dip uh, in a river or something. Um, it can be uh, it can be anything. Uh, and I like to change also in my routines, uh, but just to be the best version of myself. So I strongly believe that if you want to have a, a, a strong, balanced mind, you need to work on the body too, and vice versa. Could you maybe, you know, before we get started in the conversation, just give us a few little bit of uh, a bit of breath work. Perhaps we could do 60 seconds together or something just to get, you know, the energy pumping before I can, uh, and, you know, get this conversation started. Okay. Do you want the activating breathing exercise or a relaxating breathing exercise? What do you I think this is a beta. Let's go for the hardcore exercise. The hardcore exercise? Okay, let's do it. We stand up or we sit, we sit down? We can stand up. Yeah, yeah, we can stand up. Okay. So um, we do 10 times of deep breathing in and out, strongly breathing. And at the 10th repetition, we breathe out and we hold as breath as maximum. Okay. So as long as possible. 
You're up to that? Okay, let's go. Last one in and all out. And we stop breathing. Keep it as long as possible. And if you feel the urge to breathe, you go again 10 fast repetitions, but a little bit faster than before. So if you want to breathe, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Four more, get going, get going. Two, last one in and out. And now we go in squat position, holding our breath. Last one. Now you do something that is going to exhaust you, so like boxing, for example, with holding your breath. <laughs> keep it, keep it, keep it, as long as you can without breathing. <laughs> and done, all right. So during the exercise, maybe during the exercise, you maybe felt a bit dizzy, it's, or it was okay. I feel like I'm dripping. <laughs> but the result now is that the blood circulation to the brain is going to be maximal. So if you want to be on top of your game, like fully focused, fully energized, this is also something I used to, I like to integrate into my daily routines, not only in the morning. Like yesterday, we had some great shooting for the new platform of Peter Loridon, Your Way of Life. And in between video shooting, I did these kind of exercises just to be on top of my game. Because if you're sitting the whole day down like this, yeah, your energy level drops. Even you get ill by sitting down, prolonged sitting. It's like you get uh, your blood glucose levels are fluctuating. Your insulin sensitivity get less. So you're creating illness by just sitting down. So if you want to be healthy, if you want to be on top of your game, you can do sitting breaks like this with breathing combined with exercise. And this is a part of the expertise I like to share with people. I think this is going to be a powerful one for people, you know, maybe sitting at their desk all day, like you just said, because I think actually I get really, really tired in the afternoons, particularly in this heat in Ibiza. And I'm obviously editing a lot and spending time sitting. And I basically resort, as you probably just witnessed me, necking my coffee this morning when, <laughs> before you arrived. I've already had about three. So I have a bit of a caffeine issue. And I think instead of, you know, downing cups of coffee in the afternoon when I hit that slump after lunch, I think actually that is going to be um, an epic little tool to, to, to use. You know, you can use external stimuli to get your energy pumping, for example, like coffee. But you also have a rebound effect with coffee. So although... There is a lot of research showing that, that even four to five cups of coffee a day can be increasing health. 
but you also have people who are like we called bad responders to coffee so they're like huh? but maybe too much and then afterwards it's like down again so they need to drink another one so I like more to uh, be energized like working from within uh, because we have all the tools we need to be high in energy and to be high in focus without having the rebound effect uh, and that's why uh, it's it's funny you mention uh, it's hot here and uh, when I'm sitting down all day I get overheated especially in a room where there is no airco um, so losing our capacity to thermoregulate meaning to keep our yeah internal term thermoregulation optimal um, also has a link with sitting time so if we sit down all day we become more sensitive to changes in temperature so all people you see like working eight to nine hours sitting down they are uh, not able anymore to thermoregulate their body and to react to external heat, like, for example, here in Ibiza. Uh, but also now in Belgium, for example, when I left two days ago, it was almost 30 degrees Celsius. It's crazy for Belgium time at the moment. Uh, and then you see a lot of people like, oh, no, it's not I'm not able to work unless there is an AC. So we are, by years of evolution, years of increasing comfort, we are making ourselves more weak we are making ourselves more of less capable to deal with external circumstances and for me this is a very important uh, definition of health for me health is not the absence of illness for me health is the capacity to deal with external challenges it can be physical challenges like heating in the summer or cold in the winter it can also be mental, emotional challenges, or even social challenges. How do you react to certain circumstances within friends or in pro professional life? And the capacity to deal with this, there is for me the real health. Because if you're able to have the right energy to the brain in all these challenges, in all these uh, situations, um, it's very difficult to develop illness. And then you'd be really the best version of yourself. You just kind of nailed it there for me. And I think, yeah, responding to certain scenarios. And I think also what we've just done is kind of recalibrate the breath. And one thing that happens when we get stressed at work, for example, I notice that my breath really shortens and I get really stuck. And if I don't do anything about it, I mean, I teach yoga as well, so I'm quite aware of it. And I can really feel a massive difference in my ability to yeah just stay calm obviously but also um be balanced in general and and I think you know this breathwork idea is is fantastic for that because I know already I'm feeling a little bit more relaxed than I was before we started having just done something to to change the game so I think that's really important and I like the fact that you do use um, breath work within um, the work that you do do and I think you know particularly talking about the work environment is is really important but you know let's talk about some of the work that you do um, with football I mean I think you know obviously they're quite unique kinds of people that you work with professionally and I think one of the things I wanted to ask you um, to begin with was you know what's the difference between a good player and a good athlete? Ooh nice one nice one um, you know when, when you talk about being successful in, in sports, not only football, but like in every other sport, um, you have one major thing and that's talent. If you're not talented, you can compensate with hard work, but you need a certain amount of talent. Otherwise, you will, in my opinion, never reach the highest level. But on the other hand, it's also about how to maximize your full potential. And that's not only in sports, it's also in business life, in just in private life. Um, so if you want to live your life at the fullest, um, you have to 
do or you can do things to reach that fully potential uh, or you can do things that are uh, making sure that you don't reach that full potential um, and in this region in this area my expertise lays because I'm really diving into the topics like okay let us focus on sleep and biorhythm to have a full recovery at night to be sure that in the morning you feel fresh not only in a physical way but also in a mental way I'm working around breathwork for example uh, it's nice that you mentioned it because breathwork um, a lot of research shows that if your breathing is too high, too superficial, too fast, it's correlated to disease. It's, for example, Dr. Briteko is one of famous researchers who had a lot of uh, yeah, clinical studies regarding that. But also breathwork is something to change your state of mind, your state of being. So if we live in, in 2022 in a, in a society, maybe not here in Ibiza, but in Belgium especially, and I think in the UK too, that we are always busy we are always on we are always sprinting through life we have a lot of challenges deadlines we need to, to, to do we have a lot of ambitions then our state of mind will be likewise and then we will be in a state like <laughs> and our breathing automatically changes uh, due to that so we are like if there is a, a, a bear in front of us all the time like okay there is danger fight flight uh, mode and this is not good, not good for, for anyone. It's good when you're playing a game and you want to have the adrenaline. It's good when you need to reach a deadline, but it's not good when it's there all the time. And then breadwork is a very easy thing, like really a quick win to change a state of mind. So if you want to be in a, in a flow state, in a high performance state where you're not like, um, yeah, not anymore in control, but you're in control again, then you can use breadwork, for example. And also this is a way I use to um, optimize the potential of my athletes that I'm working with, but also the CEOs and the managers that I'm working with. I'm working with a three-star chef uh, in Belgium. Also there we use breadwork because that's also elite sports in a way. But even like normal human beings like you and me, we have big advantages in changing some things in lifestyle, like for example, just deep breathing, belly breathing, and maybe one way, an activating breathing. Uh, I'm working on, on exercise, on not only sports, but also moreover to that, every now and then, every one hour would be ideal to interrupt your sitting time with, with a small sitting break like we did. Can be breathing, but can be just movement, running it down the stairs, for example. Um, nutrition, when you eat, intermittent fasting to uh, minimize the window so you can reduce inflammations, you can sharpen up your focus and, and, and sharpness, but also what you eat. If I'm eating sugars the whole day, I will not be on top of my game. And that's, for example, working with football players, there is still um, a mindset in football, in, in elite sports, that we need to fuel our body with carbs like pasta, bread, uh, fast sugars. But it also has a major downside too, uh, because we are fluctuating the blood sugar level, whereas the body cannot be in its full energy. So. There is still a lot of work to do uh, and what I try to focus on with the football players is to, to open up their vision and to um, make sure that they can reach their full potential. And that's by sometimes increasing the impact of a training session uh, because let us be very honest, a football player nowadays, he trains two to three hours a day and the rest of the day he can be chill. Mm -hmm. This is, in my opinion, not the way to be fully ready for the game. So. Also during training sessions, we like to, to make it more hard for a player. Like when he's fatigued by playing small-sided games, we give him like he has to play chess to a computer, for example, when he's tired because he needs to use his brain when he's tired also in the game. At, in the 18th minute, if he wants to do the right decision, 
his brain needs to be fully energized. And this we can um, improve this capacity by using it on training. And we cannot expect that on game day we are in the full potential if during training sessions we take it easy and we are sleeping the whole afternoon. So that's why I like to, to work with them because they are already on this level and I like to have marginal gains that they can be even better. So it's about faster recovery, it's about uh, increasing performance, it's about avoiding injury um, with elite soccer players or other because I'm also guiding, for example, five-time world champion Jetski. Um, I'm working together with uh, third uh, place uh, bronze medal uh, bo boxing amateur in Belgium. So different kind of athletes are benefiting uh, this kind of lifestyle, this kind of uh, training tools. Does yoga come into the mix for football players? Because I've obviously been teaching for you know more than 10 years and even when I started like a decade ago, particularly when I was living in England, you know, there wasn't really much of a narrative about how yoga can prevent injury. And for me, you know, I've seen players specifically go from being quite, you know, uh, frequently off the pitch, shall we say, sitting on the bench looking very upset. And I think, you know, actually, it's something that really needs to be talked about more. And it's not like this girly sport anymore where, you know, people kind of look upon it as something that shouldn't be incorporated and it's a very integrated approach I believe um, into that kind of lifestyle as well as I'm sure maybe the trainings that you deliver. Um, I expected this question um, <laughs> so I'm a big fan of uh, hot yoga or Bikram yoga um, first of all because you do yoga and you're creating more body awareness and especially working with football players their flexibility isn't always that high so more body awareness in a different way um, doing yoga excellent also it changes the mindset eh? uh, become at ease more be become more focused and secondly I like to combine the heat with it because then you have two advantages then they have also to deal and to thermoregulate again in 40 to 45 degrees um, and sometimes I even combine thirst with it like they cannot drink for 60 minutes and also training their uh, salt and water uptake balance in the body so this is how we work with football players or I like to work with football players so yes I think uh, we are slowly changing especially in elite sports and especially in football or in soccer um, things takes time um, they're slowly changing because they have their vision their way of working for a few years or now but Sports is changing. Modern sports is totally different than before. It's, it's going faster. There is more pressure because we have television rights, etc., etc. So we have to give the player more tools than beforehand. Um, and one of these tools is uh, uh, creating an ability that they can ease their state of mind, state of being, uh, by working on different ways and only working on the pitch or in the fitness or in the gym. So yes, for me, yoga is, is certainly a valuable tool to integrate. Uh, linked to, for example, mindfulness or meditation. Um, so for me, this is or this can be part of their training uh, principles. In terms of um, this breath work that we talked about, you know, obviously in yoga we call it pranayama, and I've done you know lots and lots of different teacher trainings around the world, particularly in India, where I've spent a lot of time. And I I wonder, you know, who did you train with to get your breath work um, skills up yeah. to where they are now? First of all, I think we have different breathing techniques and just the, way, the fact that you are aware of your breathing and that you are practicing your breathing is already a big step ahead for every one of us regarding health, regarding focus, energy, state of mind. 
Um, but I uh, particularly had my insights, my, my yeah, expertise from uh, Dr. Leo Pruimboom. He's uh, the founder of the Intermittent Living Concept, also the founder of the clinical psychoneuroimmunology. It's a, like a big, difficult word, but it's a science. It's like lifestyle medicine. Um, so very important there is that you use techniques like breathing um, to optimize your health um, and to give you two examples of that um, is that we call it intermittent hypoxia. Uh, it's a breathing technique which is f- very closely linked to the Wim Hof breathing, the Dutchman, the Iceman, maybe you know him. Um, so it's what we did a little bit, uh, deep breathing and then exhale and keep as long as possible. You can combine even mindfulness training with it, so it can be a fantastic tool. Um, and secondly, a tool that I integrate often in, in the training sessions with people and also for myself because I I healed myself from a chronic disease with these kind of breathing exercises is uh, intermittent hypercapnia. It's a difficult word again, but hypercapnia just means hyper, increase. Capnia is Latin for CO2. Um, so by doing a specific breathing exercise where we increase um, conscious, not unconscious, but increase conscious and, and controlled CO2, we um, are training our CO2 tolerance. And this is a very important aspect in life because if, if you feel you're not, you're getting anxious a lot of times that you, you are in, in difficult situations are getting like to more of like a panic reaction instead of a cool reaction, like easy state of mind and making right decisions, then this tool, the intermittent hypercapnia, for example, is increasing your capacity, increasing your stress tolerance in a mental and physical way. And it, it that's more advantages because also it lowers inflammation in the body. It really resets your lung functioning. So also if you have a COVID infection, for example, you see that post-COVID, a lot of people still suffering from the, the breathing and the lung capacity. The intermittent hypercapnia, for example, is a breathing technique where you can reset and, and heal again the, the lung tissue that is damaged by, by a COVID infection, for example. Or if you have asthma, um, it's the same uh, result. Have you been working with uh, people with long COVID or helping people recover from the disease? You know, it's it's um, a lot of people know that I'm working with high performers and it's like elite athletes, CEOs, managers. But I also work with ill people, uh, with people who really need to to get better, uh, who are very sick. It can be burnout, it can be long COVID, it can be diabetes. Um, so the tools I use, and this is the fantastic thing about it, is that it's, it can work in a preventive way. It can work in increasing performance, but it also works in protecting you to get ill. And if you're ill, even to heal the illness and to get peter, uh, people better. And that's why eh, I was suffering 10 years for, from a chronic disease, the Lyme disease, uh, you know, if you know it, but it's when you are bitten by a tick, it's like a little insect. Uh, I don't know if you have it in a pizza, you, you probably have it, but it's in the forest, for example, and then it bites you and it can be infected, contaminated with the Lyme disease. And then it can be in three ways or it gets your, your nervous system down. So you get paralyzed and you, you die at the end. It uh, can uh, make your uh, muscles go yeah, uh, broken down or it can be on your joints. And I had this, uh, this way, so my joints were inflammated. I had rheuma in both hands and feet when I was 22 years old. So uh, my dream of becoming, yeah, I had 20 hours a week. I was sporting, working out, playing football in fifth division. And I, want, I had big ambitions in football. I wanted to become physical coach of this team and this team. Um, but I felt that I was uh, deaccelerated in my potential because of the disease. 
and after 10 years of long search and it, it took me six years even to know the, the right diagnosis because specialists said, okay, you have a knee which is inflammated, let's just uh, surge in it. Uh, ah, you have now the rheuma, we give you pills to lower down the inflammation. But we never found the cause. And this is also why in the CPNI, the clinical psychoneuroimmunology, this lifestyle medicine, um, we believe in every illness, every injury is doomed to be cured. So there is always a cause. And we are really looking to the cause or the causes why people are ill or low in energy or sleeping bad or having back problems. You know, if, if you have a headache, it's not a, it's not a shortness of paracetamol. So why taking paracetamol or dafagan? It will not solve the problem. It will kill the pain a bit, but the reaction will be that you need another one and another one and another one. So we like to see um, what is causing your headache and deal with that. And that can be stress stress related to for example your job or maybe just a wrong breathing if your breathing is always <laughs> this can cause headache so if you lower the breathing then your headache disappears maybe already so um, working from within is really something I do daily with myself because I healed myself after this 10 years of chronic disease um, with these tools with these intermittent living tools with ice baths breathing in a bag eight times a day so the hypercapnia breathing because it's also killing the back the, the bacteria that is causing the lyme disease um i was restricting on everything regarding gluten uh, no red meat anymore because all these things can inflammate the body even more i was working on on resetting my biorhythm uh, by staying awake for 36 hours to reset my whole brain and then biorhythm to then again be in an optimal biorhythm. Um, I was working on sitting breaks every hour. Um, I was taking regularly like saunas and hot yoga sessions because because also heat is ver very, very beneficial for the body. It's, in my opinion, anti-disease, anti-cancer even. It's, it's anti-everything. So working with heat, not only for increasing the capacity to thermoregulate again, but also just to be healthy. And these are the things that... Uh, I used to do to heal myself because I was in three months using these tools, I get rid of all my problems. So 10 years of disease and then in three months it was gone. So I'm very thankful to get to know this concept by, by Dr. Leo Pruimboom. Um, and I also deep dove into the science. Um, and now last six years of my life, I just took these insights and knowledge and expertise to work with people and to guide them to not only a better health, but also to a better life. Uh, life where they're more balanced, where they feel physically strong, but also mentally strong. And whatever who it is, an elite sports player or a CEO or an ill person, it doesn't matter because it works for everyone. And that's why I think it's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to share this with you in the Reset Rebel podcast. So I'm just cutting into today's chat to remind you of our next Reset Rebel Retreat. It's in Ibiza in September 9th to the 12th. It's three nights over a very short weekend where we will practice music, infused flow yoga in the Campo close to Portanac. Go hiking every day, eat amazing high vibes food. We're going to an electronic dance music meditation on the roof of Nobu to the Soku sessions. And then we're finishing everything off with a sun set dinner at Los Enamorados down in the port of Portanax, which is, of course, the lover's restaurant and has the most 
beautiful view overlooking the bay there. I cannot wait to invite you uh, to come and join us for that three-day reset. The details are on the resetrebel.com website slash blog and you'll find all the details there as well as the link in our show notes. Going back now to our conversation about energy, vitality and focus with Seabay. to talk a bit more about intermittent fasting I mean I've seen the direct results of um, reducing and eradicating inflammation by fasting I've done fasts for 10 days in the past with nothing but water and I had a real problem with my neck after a car crash and I was just in so much pain I was willing to do anything to get rid of it and it really worked it really completely and utterly got rid of the problem Um, and I have watched documentaries about people that go to this clinic in Germany I can't remember the name of it or exactly where it is but you know people go there with like diabetes and all sorts of extreme problems and come out like you know looking 10 years younger obviously they've dropped a few kilos but you know most of their problems vanish and it's fascinating because you know if you would suggest that to any normal person they just look at like you know like you're absolutely bonkers um but I really believe in fasting and I you know as I said I've had direct experience on many occasions but I do feel like there's this element of needing to be quite disciplined and mentally strong because I think a lot of people are just so used to um, feeding whenever that you know the fancy takes them or whether they're bored or they're stressed or they're you know needing a distraction or maybe they're feeling emotionally unstable and they just need something to to cover up you know those feelings and I think you know if you I mean I admire Peter enormously for these 17 hour windows that he goes completely without food but you know I find that hard and particularly I get up every morning I go to the gym on my bike like I did this morning and I train on an empty stomach but you know by the time I get home and I'm back up that massive great big hill that I live up yeah I really I do need to eat and (laughs) I can't go for 17 hours I'm sorry I have tried it and it just results in these mad binging episodes so I'm intrigued to your professional opinion about that yeah first of all um you were guessing my age on beforehand and you said uh, 29 I'm 35 maybe this is some part of the secret intermittent fasting it's keeping you young not only intermittent fasting the whole lifestyle what I said about breathing and and sleeping and um, so intermittent fasting for me um, it's a tool that you want to implement if you want to become old in a healthy way Uh, and it doesn't mean you need to do it every day and especially doesn't mean that you need to do it every day in the same way Uh, because if we do something we need structure. In the beginning, we need structure. We need consistency to build up routines, to change a habit from a bad habit to a good habit. But at the end, after a f- yeah, like a few months, if you're always doing everything exactly in the same way, your body and your brain adapts to it. Uh, so if you want to have it as a tool that really helps you, keep it flexible. And that's why the, the example you mentioned yourself, um, one day you just stay breakfast, but then you, you stop eating uh, earlier in the afternoon, for example, and the other day you, you vice versa. You skip breakfast or you you put it uh, a little bit further away that at 12 or 1 you start eating. But what we have to take in mind is that if we want to implement intermittent fasting in a successful way, that we always have to look at what we eat. 
And this is the biggest mistake people make. They read something about fasting uh, and they just get started. And this is life. This is this is life. This is good in life that you just get started and that you experiment a bit. But if you are not changing the nutrients that you have in a daily way, um, if you're not optimizing the nutri- nutritional intake, fasting can get a adverse effect even on your health. So make sure not only the meal where you're breaking the fast, but in the window that six to eight hours if you're eating, that you get your body fueled with what it needs. And there the biggest mistake people make is that they say, okay, or I just keep eating garbage like pasta, bread, fast sugars. This is a big mistake because then fasting will not be the the beneficial tool that it can be. It will be even be hard because if you're when you're eating, if you're eating all the time food that is really fluctuating your blood sugar level, making you less insulin sensitive, becoming pre-diabetic and maybe even diabetic, then fasting is very hard because your body uh, needs wants sugars again. And on the other hand, you have people, if they eat, so they are fasting, and if they eat, they're only eating fats because they read something about ketogenic diets and if you're only eating eggs and avocados and nuts, I'm I'm healthy. It can be a good way to kickstart your metabolism and to make sure that you, next to glucose, the carbs, you also learn to start using fats again and even ketones as a yeah uh, as a result of using fat and having a better fat metabolism. Um, so you're losing weight because of that. You're getting sharpness. But keeping a strict ketogenic diet for a few months will also impact your health in a, in a, in a bad way because you need carbs to recover. You need carbs to have your um, cells, your tissue um, recycled to get it renewed. The question is, which kind of carbs? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of refined carbs. I'm not a fan of carbs that we are making as a human being, as a modern human being. But I'm a fan of carbs that were there the whole evolution in nature, like um, tubers, like sweet potatoes, like uh, parsnip, like pumpkin, carrots, you know, vegetables that are also rich in carbs, even carbs that improve my gut health, whereas pasta and bread, they decrease my gut health. So these kind of carbs combined with with fruit, for example, some oatmeal, some honey, but you need these kind of carbs every day. Exceptionally, you can do a longer fast to reset your body or to have a specific reason like you did. But be aware that if you do fasting, if it's a 16-8 fast or an 18-6 fast or a, a OMAD, a one meal a day only, that if you eat, you need the at least the carbs coming from the good sources to recover. Of course, outbalanced with some good fats like avocado eggs, maybe some proteins extra, um, but get your vegetables and fruits in because the micronutrients in this kind of food is crucial to make sure that your body is well balanced and it doesn't go to a, a stage where it's, um, I don't know the exact English word, when you're like um, very hungry, but like three weeks without eating. When, it's, when there is too much scarcity around the good nutrition you need, you're making your body ill at one moment. So be aware of the fact that if you want to implement intermittent fasting as a tool to prolong your life, eh? Benjamin Franklin said, lessen thy meals, lengthen thy life. And that's correct. A lot of research lately showing that 
16.8 or even 18.6 nowadays is really strong evidence that this is really the way you want to fast. Um, and that also sometimes some calorie restriction, so not eating in your window three to four meals, but sometimes just keep it with one or two meals a day, especially if you're not working out because elite sports is something different. Uh, I, I need to make a, a difference individually based on how much you, how much energy uptake uh, or sorry expenditure you have so you need to be aware and uh, there is no one size fits all approach but let us say just people like you and me we can deal with one or two meals a day that's perfect but when we eat we need to eat the right things and that's important and secondly uh, it's also that we have to make a difference between women and men um, and it's not about discriminating it's just about when you're uh, as a woman and, and there are different hormonal ways of working so that can change your appetite that can change the fact that you get sometimes really in need of food uh, just um, yeah, initiated by, by hormones so my advice would be strongly that uh, men or women go ahead with intermittent fasting but also look at what you eat keep the intermittent fasting very flexible, meaning sometimes you wait until 12, but the other day you just eat breakfast and then you stop eating a little bit earlier. During the weekend, you don't fast. For example, when I'm on holidays for two weeks, I don't fast. And then when I come back, I fast again. And sometimes even a longer fast to reset my brain and body again a little bit. And also make a difference between how you are feeling. If you know that this is the period of the month, then don't go to extreme situations. Don't push yourself too hard. And if you're hungry after a good workout, fine. S working out in a fasted state is so beneficial and you have all the advantages of intermittent fasting there already because by working out in a fasted state, you accelerate the advantages like ketone production, like autophagy, etc. So then just grab a bite afterwards because you had your advantage already that day. So what actually happens scientifically in our bodies when we are fasting in those 17 hours? I mean, I, I have a rule that I don't eat, you know, in 12-hour window. That's the one I always stick to, come hell or high water, if I can. Obviously, time of the month, as you've just mentioned, since sometimes those goalposts can move. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't want to get too angry and mental. Um, but yeah, I just think it's very interesting to, to understand, maybe for people that have, like, no idea why it's so beneficial, why should they stick to this discipline? You know, when you get research with it, you, you find more than 10 advantages of fasting, like losing body weight, like losing fat because your fat metabolism is increased uh, because you don't get the sugar in. So your body needs to find another source, uh, uh, an energy source like fats, for example. Um, you have um, autophagy. It's a way of recycling uh, old cells, dead cells. So it's a way of cleaning up your body. Um, Intermittent fasting is working anti-inflammating. So it means that when we get older, the, the process of getting older, it's called aging, but also we get more inflammations in the body. So they also call it inflammaging. So intermittent fasting is a tool to uh, deaccelerate, to slow down the process of aging. So it's an anti-aging tool. Uh, intermittent fasting is um, making sure that your sharpness and focus is getting higher. Um, insulin, uh, intermittent fasting, and that's for me the biggest reason why I started with intermittent fasting, is that it again restores the capacity of your body to have the right amount of insulin production when it's needed. 
I will explain myself. Insulin, the hormone that is regulating the blood glucose level. Blood glucose levels that are high and fluctuating all the time, bad shit. You don't want to have this because this is causing, yeah, this is causing insulin resistance. And this is maybe in most cases the reason why people get chronic diseases. It's the basis of getting chronic low-grade inflammation in the body, meaning that you can get obesitas, diabetes, uh, but even heart problems, even depression. 40% of depressions worldwide are linked to a body that is chronically inflammated due to most of the times the insulin resistance. So the not proper working anymore of regulating the blood sugar level. So eating the whole day, high meal frequency from the morning till the evening, sitting down all day without interruptions of your sitting time every hour, but also toxins, uh, meaning the, you know, using deodorant, drinking Nespresso capsules, uh, just breathing air when you're in, in like a city. All, also, this is causing low-grade inflammation in the body. So also this is, uh, we have to be aware of this. Emotions even, if you don't feel well, if you feel lonely, for example, when you're living abroad, or if you have problems at home with your family, also these kind of emotions, the belief that you're not good enough, that you cannot be successful in life, all these things are um, chronic stressors to the body. And we have to be aware that if we live in a society where these things are present all the time, that we protect our body in a way to these stressors. And then intermittent fasting is a great tool to one of the major risk factors of getting chronic disease, meaning high meal frequency, high caloric diet, to get to change things there. Meaning that um, if I use intermittent fasting in a good way, I restore my capacity to become insulin sensitive and again, again, to make sure that if I eat, this meal doesn't cause the blood glucose increase that is giving me uh, the, yeah, the energy uh, breakdown, crash, the energy crash that is inflammating my body. So that's why I said in the beginning already, intermittent fasting, together with all other tools, of course, but intermittent fasting is the way to become old in a healthy way because it's lowering inflammation in a way that it's optimizing again the capacity to regulate your blood glucose level. Um, and that's why intermittent fasting for me is uh, one of the, yeah. It's a thing that we did throughout all evolution. Uh, it's just something we forgot doing. Because if you see to the first Homo sapiens, about more than 200,000 years ago, they ate maybe one, maybe two times a day, but not more. And if they didn't have enough food for one meal, they went out again, move in a fasted state to get food. So we we were sometimes hungry we we were exercising moving this is where we are made for and not eating the whole day sugar rich from morning till late in the evening so if you want to become a bit human again if you want to become uh, to find your inner power again i think intermittent fasting is something uh you have to awaken again because this is something we did throughout all evolution. It cracks me up though because I just think like life just isn't programmed that way. We're not, um, you know, we're not 
conditioned to believe that this is the way it should be. I mean, even when I go back to England, which it really makes me laugh every time because my best friend's husband, we used to laugh. He, has a, he used to have a proper chocolate addiction. And like every time you'd go into the supermarket or even WH Smith, it's like a newsagent to buy... I don't know, a pen or, or a notebook, you know, you get to the till and there is all the chocolate. It's like people are basically trying to force you, you know, to kind of bow down to this narrative that it's okay to eat chocolate. It's okay to grab a packet of crisps at the petrol station and stuff your face all the way till you get home for that dinner where, you know, you shouldn't really be popping all this junk in there. And as you say, spiking your insulin, but that's just not how... You know, that's not how we're brought up. And I think it's kind of interesting from that perspective. And particularly, I notice it. I don't, you know, I don't go to the any of the shops here and it's the same story. But I, I go back to England and I see that being done in the same way. And I find it really disgusting, you know, that a parent was with their child at the till and they're waiting and they're standing in a queue and then they've got to keep telling their child, no, 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 you can't have the chocolate. Because at some point you're just going to give in because it's just easier. And I find... You know, it's the same with us as well. You know, you have to really be quite a strong person. This is what I was trying to say before to remember the reason you're doing something. And of course, we do things to empower ourselves. We don't do it to please others. At the end of the day, the only person that's going to keep our health on track is ourselves. And we're only accountable to one person at the end of the day. I'm observing myself shoving a chocolate bar down my face. Nobody else is going to give me a hard time about it. It's only, you know, the man upstairs or the woman upstairs who's in my head going, oh my God, what are you doing? Not again. That's, you know, that's not okay. The thing is, um, the question pops up... is it normal or does it became the norm, the new norm? And we created a society where it's normal, where it's logic to be lazy because we have chairs everywhere. We have elevators everywhere. We drive seated by moving. If we want to have relaxation at night, we are again in the sofa watching Netflix. So we designed a society where we can sit all the time, where we can eat all the time. Um, and then it's very difficult, like you mentioned, to change things or to um, yeah, to stay, stay off of it. It means that find your inner why, why you want to be healthy, why you want to be the best version of yourself. And maybe you don't have this why, you, you don't have this intrinsic motivation to say, to this chocolate or to alcohol to say, no, sorry. And once in a while you can enjoy, in my opinion, but not every day, maybe. Um, then some sometimes when I see in the practice, uh, people are very ill. And like you said, in the car accident you had, you were desperate. You were like, give me something, please, someone help me. I had the same. Ten years of chronic disease, then you are desperate. Then you are like, okay, just, just give me, I will try it. So, or you have people who are like, very down and just want to change because of the need, the necessity. Or you have people who are willing to change and to um, to make sure that they don't eat the sugars all, all the day because they know their why, they know their purpose. And yesterday I was talking with Peter, Peter Loridon, and we, we said about, okay, um, first of all, it's about creating awareness. And I think their society, it's it's a devil because they are not creating awareness. They are not mentioning the side effects of eating sugar, drink sugars all day. If you see it nowadays, we are becoming older and older. That's a good thing. And that's due to hospitals, due to medication, due to better specialists and doctors. But from this life, we are more than half 
ill in one sort of way. Loss of energy, loss of focusing, sleeping problems, uh, illnesses. So we are getting older, but on the other hand, we're making ourselves more ill decennia after decennia. Um, and this is, uh, for me, the the biggest point of awareness that we can create, that if we are just continuing what we are doing now, COVID is just the first pandemic uh, that it was there, but they will follow another one and another one and another one because we are we are getting very weak as a society because we are believing that we can just uh, can get away with everything, with our bad habits, and then just use external medication to stay healthy. But it doesn't work like this. We have to reinforce the body from within. We, are, we have to reinforce our immune system to be better protected against viruses and infections, for example. So, yes, it's about um, mentality, about a mindset that I want to be healthy, and then find your purpose, find your why can be important. Sometimes it's also about necessity, people who are ill who need to be better, or an athlete, at, elite athlete who is injured all the time that wants to get rid of his injuries. And sometimes it's just about creating awareness. If you see how few people know about the impact of eating six times a day sugar-rich, that's a big problem. And why, why it's created like this? Because commercials say, Uh, you have to eat breakfast. Uh, Kellogg's, for example, was the first one to say you have to eat breakfast in the morning. While as breakfast, the word says itself, is just a meal breaking your fast. But it doesn't need to be at six in the morning or seven in the morning. While not just wait until you get real hunger or when just wait until afternoon to eat. So, yes, society is creating a wrong image. And yes, society is creating a new norm. But this new norm is not normal. We are programmed in a total different way. We are not programmed to sit down all day and to eat uh, the whole day. Maybe if we have a conversation when we are angels within 100,000 years, maybe we are a little bit better programmed to deal with this new kind of chronic stressors, but at the day we aren't. Well, wish me luck, because I'm off to get a flight to London and um, Consumerism Central, that's where, I mean, I used to just, you know, be a reporter in London running around endlessly. I mean, I never, ever stood still on an escalator on the tube. I used to sprint and then, you know, really get off two stops early and walk to wherever I went if I had time, because I was like, I am not going to get fat in this city. I'd be snacking my way around, drinking and eating. That was like one of the biggest joys of London. But I was actually probably the thinnest I've ever been because I made so much more effort to keep moving and never, ever, you know, get on public transport unless it was really, really necessary. And then I got a bike and, you know, there are so many things you can do to, to tackle the narrative of, of being fed. And I do find hilariously when I go back to Belgium where my, my partner's from, yeah, I mean, the... I call it Sin City, really, Antwerp, because it's just like probably chocolate heaven. And it's like, and the beer, I do love the beer there, I have to say. I'm bloody glad they don't have that kind of beer over here because I do. And I give in to it there because like you say, you're on holiday. You've got to have some uh, simple pleasures in life. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, NLP, because I think it's all, you know, there's just an intrinsic link, obviously, between body and mind. It's, it's obvious stuff, but you've obviously taken it that little step further. You know, I think you you start noticing that I'm someone who was, um, yeah, I like to go through the experience myself. Sometimes it's it's uh, not a choice. I like when I was ill, I need to go and change things to get uh, healthy again. And then I deep dove into the science uh, and now I'm teaching people in this uh, in this expertise. Now I'm coaching people in it. 
And I did the same with NLP. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. It's a difficult word to just say in a short way that we need to be become conscious about our unconsciousness. Uh, because, and it's nice that you're mentioning it now because you said, um, okay, you can eat sugars a few times a day as long as you keep moving often, as long as you don't feel stress, for example. I can imagine if you're living here on Ibiza or being on holidays or, or living here for three to six months, that your stress level goes down. So then eating some sugars is less harmful because you don't feel another source of stress. So we always have to look to the holist in a holistic way. Uh, if you notice people who are not moving, eating bad, having a lot of mental and emotional stress, then the chances of getting ill is are high. But if you're not eating proper, but you're moving all the time, you don't feel stress in, in no way or another, then maybe you can get away with it for a few years because your your body isn't um, yeah, related to chronic stress too much uh, apart from the, from the sugar eating. So what NLP does is um, working with breathing, sleep, nutrition is, is very crucial. Um, but I noticed that um, I can help seven, seven out of 10 people with it. But sometimes people are stuck Sometimes people are stuck in relationships. Sometimes people want to become healthy, but they are not able to change. Uh, sometimes people want to be successful and they are in a way a bit successful, but they cannot have the breakthrough to be, become very successful. And there you see that there is uh, often an underlying fear, an underlying emotion, an underlying, um, underlying belief that they are not good enough or um, that, for example, they have problems at home or they think they're not uh, happy because they, they don't have more than five friends, for example. And NLP just get aware of the fact that if everything what you tell to me or what I notice with my eyes is filtered and my brain filters is in a way that um, I, I, I give my own definition to it, my own explanation to it. And this is linked to all my experiences from when I was young till now. This is linked to the, the language I use. If I wake up every day saying, I'm not good enough, yeah, you, will, you will not be good enough. So if I wake up every day and I say, I'm good, maybe not where I want to be, but I will reach that. That's a totally different way of language, which is having so much impact on your body and your health. Again, with your values, your fundamental needs. If you don't know your purpose in life and you're just doing things and you don't know where to go, blah, blah, blah. This is all impacting your physiology, but also your state of mind. mind. And if your state of mind is not the way you want it, your behavior will be likewise. So NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, is creating awareness of the unconsciousness and maybe even reprogram it a bit with easy tools just to create awareness is not enough. An insight is great, but an insight without action is a disappointment. So if you know, okay, there is an underlying belief that I'm that I'm, is blocking me, I'm not good enough, for example, eh? then I want to change this belief by an easy exercise, for, for example, that I think, okay, I'm not yet good enough. And this will change your whole behavior. This will change your communication. This will change your happiness and success and health in life. 
So that's why combining best of both worlds, like working with physical acute tools like breathing, sleep, nutrition, fasting, cold baths, uh, hot yoga sessions, exercise, that's one thing, the body, but the mind, the inner work also need to be or to get attention. And when you combine intermittent living with NLP, you have a golden combination. And sometimes you can start with the physical uh, work and then the rest will come or vice versa. Sometimes if, if last couple of months, I had a lot of people in, in, into my practice where they said, okay, I'm low in energy. I want you to increase my energy. Okay, then I, I can say, do you have a battery for me? And I can give you a battery. I can start working on the physical aspects or I can listen to you and to get to know why you're low in energy. And if then the, the reason is that you are living the rat race and that you're not limiting uh, things and saying no, then this is probably the first thing I work with you. And then I give you the insight about putting your boundaries is maybe first step to better health and more energy. So to, to fill up my backpack with more tools, that's why I d deep dove into NLP. Uh, first of all, started working on myself too, uh, to be more successful in communication, communication professionally, but also with my partner, for example, with my friends. And again, from this experience, I noticed, okay, this is something I need to, I need to deep dive in. Uh, and that's why now I try to combine best of both worlds. Um, and I'm doing this in one-on-one in -on -one coachings. Uh, I have, you know, workshops, uh, group coachings, even reorganize weeks, retreats in Belgium and abroad, maybe one day in Ibiza, um, where we combine all these things, where we combine the strength of body and mind, uh, the strength of reconnecting with yourself to be able to reconnect again with the other, um, to become the best version of yourself. Fascinating stuff. I mean, do you think that this kind of working on yourself led to uh, this marriage proposal in Ibiza recently? <laughs> um, of course. Um, I'm last year, uh, beginning of May 2021, I was uh, here in Ibiza and uh, we went to Atlantis, a magical place, uh, not so easy to find. And after a hike of 30 minutes in the sun, sweaty, I was reaching for the ring. And it was stuck in my swimming pants. It was like, uh, it was on my knee, my bad knee, like, ah, the rock. And then I asked, her, I asked her to marry me and she said yes. So um, my biggest dream would be to marry here one day. We're not married yet. Uh, so our first holiday was here uh, four years ago. Last year, uh, asked to marry here. And maybe in the future, we will marry here. So I like Ibiza only in this way. It's symbolic for me. And always I, when I'm, I arrived two days ago, it changes my, my state of mind totally. Uh, so it, I would be more than happy to spend some more time here in the future. You seem like the kind of guy that kind of fits in Ibiza actually, maybe more than, uh, where, whereabouts do you actually live? I live in, in Belgium, close to Ghent. Um, I left the city Ghent uh, one year and a half ago to be a bit more in nature. Uh, we, can, we have a beautiful garden. We can see only green. Uh, so I used to be very high in my energy, like, okay, I'm very ambitious. I'm still ambitious, but I changed a bit my environment because I strongly believe also due to NLP that the environment you're in changes your state of mind, changes your state of being. So um, yeah. Let's see what future brings, um, but I think I could easily adapt here to the way of living, 
to the way of thinking to the people around here so I like it is that why you kind of left more the structured kind of football club kind of world like what happened there yeah um yesterday I was talking with Peter uh, and he mentioned me you're such a strong guy and I said why yeah because at at 28 years old you left the success, most successful team in Belgium and just say no uh, my values doesn't uh, yeah correlate anymore uh, I go and strive for my own ambition it wasn't easy because the first two years of being independent I had to work hard and and struggled a bit to get yeah, clients and and to get my brand there but I'm so happy I did it because at today it's it's so lovely to be able to work with different kind of people from elite sports because I'm working with them individually I'm consulting clubs still but I am my own boss I have my own freedom um, and the variety of being here in Ibiza next week going to to Poland where I'm working with the national champion football to prepare them for Champions League they they play week after going to build to Bilbao in Spain to give intermittent living um together with Leo Prambom then the week after to to give it in Belgium you know it's it's so nice that I can be I can put my stamp leave my mark in different spots and to especially create impact in the life of other people and this is my biggest mission it's not about telling you you have to do this and this and this but just to inspire them in a way that they are aware of things and that they are um, yeah a little bit triggered to change small things because I strongly believe in small changes lead to big differences you don't have to do everything in the same time just start with a cold shower in the morning it will already be fantastic for your health and energy level just start by uh, interrupting your sitting time a few more times a day uh, just start with fasting 16 hours not every day but two or three times a week and change in this way uh, yeah your your luck you create your own luck your own success uh, by doing this Obviously, this podcast is called The Reset Rebels. So when was that moment that you rebelled against the structured way of teaching, of training in football clubs? Why did you leave? What was that moment that you decided to kind of go and strike it out solo? I think it's uh, about six to seven years ago, no, almost eight years ago. Uh, and it is uh, accelerated by the fact that I had my own uh, health problems. And then I said, OK, by just doing it in a traditional way, like the traditional uh, medicine and science is not helping me so i need to do it different i need to look f- look further and and to change and to be yeah to try innovative ways of, of of dealing with it and it helped so that was an affirmation of yeah you're on the right, right path go ahead it, it gave me strength and on the other hand i was also i had my my career path uh, i wanted to become the best physical coach in the world and etc etc and then i said Okay, but I'm working now more than 10 years in football. Started from youth teams and then first team. And why is it possible that with working with the best budgets, the best people in, for example, Belgium, that one player is not able to play 40 games a season, that another player is not able to keep his focus and ability until the end of the game, that one player is always re-injured time after time and time again. So I said... There is something wrong. I lack information. I lack knowledge. Um, And that's why I said, okay, I have to look more holistic. I have to really deep dive into the body, into the mind um, to get 
yeah, to get things done, to make the difference. Um, and it happened about eight, eight years ago. Um, and of course, by the success stories from your own uh, success stories with working with people, yeah, it gives so much energy and satisfaction that you say, okay, full gas, it's like a high speed train. And then meeting people, uh, then sharing your story, uh, getting to notice things, it's fantastic. So, But there isn't a blueprint for players, so, you know, per se. I mean, everybody's got a unique structure. You know, when I teach yoga, I can't just give, you know, a one-size-fits-all Ashtanga practice because if I look at a woman's body, it's like, well, that's not going to fit. That's not going to work. And everything for me is about fascia and, you know, understanding that we're all unique physical vessels. So something, I can't give you a posture that works for everybody because it's just not how it is. And it must be the same with what you do. And I find that interesting because I think, you know, I don't like a go-to practice that is the same for every single body because every single person's body, every single person's digestive system, every single person's mind is completely different. And that's the beauty of being a human. You know, it's a good thing and everyone does it in his own way, but it's a good thing that I have the science backing me up. It's about hard facts. That's crucial. But it's also about soft skills. Uh, in my opinion, as a coach, you need to be able to notice things. And this is something NLP and neurolinguistic programming teach uh, me, is that um, maybe the best thing a coach can do is to observe, to listen, and to ask questions. And not just from minute one say, you have to do this and this and this. Because you're missing so crucial information about the person, about the individual. Um, and that's why I'm very happy that, that I can... Uh, expand my way of coaching the success as a coach as a guide for people um, by sometimes just creating the awareness of okay but if you mention you're stressed why are you working 12 hours a day every day and even on Sunday so no one size fits all approach and this makes it very interesting uh, because every case, every person, every individual whereas it's an elite athlete or CEO or people who are ill it's a challenge and you need to be on top of your game. You need to be in the right state of being yourself as a coach to to feel them and to make the right nuances, uh, the right um, details. And this makes a difference. I could chat to you for hours, but I've got a plane to catch. I've just realized the time. Thank you so much for making the time to come in here and um, have this conversation. And of course, very excited to see the content that you filmed just yesterday with Mr. Peter Loredon of Your Way of Life. Yes. Anything else you want to add on that quickly? Very quickly. Um, no, they can follow me on my social media, Siba Hanoset. Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram, but also LinkedIn and Facebook. So there is a lot more to come, maybe one day also here in Ibiza. Um, so, yeah to be continued I would say and I hope you enjoyed uh, and I hope you inspired you in, in, in a way so thank you for uh, this chance this opportunity and a good good flight to catch safe flight thanks and I just have to say that I love the little punctuation of uh, our stomachs rumbling because <laughs> I still I heard yours at least five times yeah, and mine is still going yeah, I had my workout this morning so I'm getting hungry <laughs> uh, so no, yeah great bon appétit merci beaucoup <laughs> Rebel Coming to you every day